Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to 90.3 KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Actually, before I hand the show off to the esteemed Dr. Everett, I would like on behalf of Radio Parallax to send out a birthday greeting to Anna, who works at the Naked Lounge Tea and Coffee House in Sacramento. Anna... Happy birthday, wherever you are. Hope you're having a great time. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. Um, We've got a lot of ground to cover today, you know, and it seems we always have a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to do our best to take the plunge and forge ahead. I would say the scariest story we have ever covered uh, has come our way in the past 72 hours, and I realized that it's not getting a lot of play in the mainstream media, and so we need to uh, to dwell on that just a bit today. We don't have any uh, major big-name guests for once on today's program, but we're going to be joined by numerous old friends throughout, uh, throughout our three segments today, so stay tuned. We'll just come up to them as they arrive. And you know, we also have a couple apologies to make. Uh, we think if we uh, if we get something wrong or, or or say something maybe we shouldn't, we should take responsibility for it. So on two counts, we're going to apologize. Uh, a to Paula Jones, <laughs> yes, the Paula Jones from Arkansas, because Paula Jones has come forward and said some very surprising things on ABC News. We're going to play a clip for that for you in a few minutes. We're also going to apologize to anyone who, on the basis of our recommendation the past week, went out and actually saw the movie Anchorman. We, uh, we love Darcy Donovan, who was very, uh, very pleasant on our program last week. She's a very sweet gal, and she is lovely on the screen. Unfortunately, she's on the screen for far too short a period of time in this movie, and although Fred Willard does give a, f- a few genuine laughs... Um, well, let's just say I'm I'm less enthusiastic about it than one of the stars. I was listening on the radio to uh, another station on Saturday night, and I heard this guy, Bob Brinker, who has this show called Money Talk. And I listened to this program, and he started out by... His show is rather tedious, monotonal propaganda, which is supposed to be a money show, but it's mostly about political propaganda, how great everything is, how, if you've heard otherwise, it's demagoguery. Of course, on the very same day, San Francisco Chronicle, uh, there was an article by David Armstrong explaining that California's unemployment rate edged lower in June, reflecting a sluggish recovery for California, but that uh, state unemployment remains above the national average. This is not the kind of thing you're hearing from Mr. Bob Brinker. Of course, Brinker never bothers to cite any sources. Like Rush Limbaugh, he just states it as fact and provides, you know, no supporting evidence. But what really perked me up listening to the program was a mention he made about a story coming out in Newsweek, 
which did come out on Monday of this week. He was doing a preliminary to it, which he said, oh, the conspiracy buffs were going to be all over this one. And he proceeded to mention that, yes, there has been a pl- there have been some inquiries made by the Department of Homeland Security as to postponing the November election. But he didn't think much of it. Now, y- you did hear that correctly. And Brinker does have the story correctly, as does Newsweek. The story, surprisingly, doesn't seem to be causing any fireworks. Um, you can go on the Reuters news service and uh, find the following, although it's interesting that Reuters is a British news service. This is not getting much play in the American press. Washington. Of course, I should point out Newsweek is an American, uh, is an American news agency. But anyway, Reuters news service. Newsweek cited unnamed sources when it told that the Department of Homeland Security asked the Justice Department last week to review what legal steps would be needed to delay the vote if an attack occurred on the day before or on Election Day. The department was asked to review a letter from DeForest Sores, chairman of the new U.S. Election Assistance Commission, which I'd like to know more about, the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, in which he asked Ridge to ask Congress for the power to put off the election in the event of an attack. Now, the spin that uh, Bob Brinker was putting on it, which, of course, Brinker is obviously well-connected to the administration based on, based on the content of what's in his program, which is that everything that comes out of the Kerry camp is demagoguery. Um, the spin he was putting on it was that, you know, in Spain, al-Qaeda set out to knock out an incumbent administration that they weren't happy with, and they succeeded. The spin here is that al-Qaeda might attack the United States in effort to knock George Bush out of the White House. In other words, trying to put Osama bin Laden in bed with the Democrats and John Kerry. Okay, as regarding the U.S. Elections Commission, it was created in 2002 to provide funds to states to replace punch card voting systems and provide other assistance in conducting federal elections. This apparently uh, smells of the Help America Vote Act, where we're going to impl- implement uh, all sorts of diebolt machinery in place of paper ballots. Uh, according to Newsweek and Reuters, Sories, Mr. DeForest Sories, the chairman, wrote that while New York's Board of Elections suspended primary elections in New York on the day of September 11th, the federal government has no agency that has the statutory authority to cancel or reschedule a federal election. Homeland Security Department spokesman Brian Rohrkraus told the magazine the agency is reviewing the matter to determine what steps need to be taken to secure the election. Boy, I think, <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. What steps need to be taken to secure the election? So let's frame this properly for you, shall we? The Department of Homeland Security that's supposed to protect us from attacks from overseas, well, let's just say if one were to get by them, they would then turn around and say, oh, it looks like now we have to suspend the election. Of course, the obvious implication is, what if they were to let one go by deliberately with the greater purpose of, well, a coup d'etat in America? There's no other way to put it. There is no provision in the United States Constitution to delay an election. It says the election takes place on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November, and that's the way we've conducted federal elections ever since George Washington.
If you're not scared by this, then maybe you haven't been listening very carefully. You should be scared white over this. You should be calling the office. You should be calling, inquiring with the Homeland Security Department. I plan to make an inquiry. Uh, we'll, we'll try and do it for this program. You should be asking your congressman what he's going to do about this. And uh, I'm wondering, you know, what John Kerry has to say about the fact that he might not get to, uh, um, you know, get his shot at the White House. I would refer you also to Michael Rupert's website on this. We're going to try and get Mike Rupert to come back and talk about this. Um, you know, he's been, he was making allusions to this for months, and everybody thought this was way far-fetched. But uh, not only was it not far-fetched, I mean, we're there. I mean, they're, they're writing letters back and forth asking how they could postpone the election in November. You know, if Bob Brinker thinks we're being conspiracy theorists, well, so be it. You know, we talked to Christina Borgeson. She's going to come back on the show again, author of the great book, Into the Buzzsaw. The paperback edition will be out on October 1st. Christina's wondering whether this just is a trial balloon to see whether America reacts. Um, if America doesn't react badly to this, uh, it's a problem, folks. We need to get upset, very upset. Our, our good friend Jane Rusconi emailed me a solution to the problem. She said, how about we hold the 2004 elections a few days early Sort of like the handover of Iraq, and then Bush hands back America ahead of schedule. Now, in a related story that we've talked about on this program numerous times, um, it now has come out without any possibility of doubt that the, the Ralph Nader camp is being funded by Republicans. Nader, for his part, defends the GOP cash flowing his way and says he's keeping the money. Nader just debated Howard Dean on the radio a few days ago, and, uh, you know, I'm very sympathetic to Nader. I think Nader says things that make more sense than any other politician in America. But when he says there's no difference and that it doesn't matter and he's going to take as many votes away from Bush as he is from Kerry, he is like smoking crack. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, there's just no way. And um, the good news is it's probably going to be John Kerry in November, and the bad news is... We're going to be stuck with John Kerry, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, in this same email from Jane, she uh, she said, "What what's with these polls?" And and I have to I have to tell you, if if you're going to get near a computer or you're near a computer right now, do the do the following, okay? Go to the website mockelection.org, okay? Mockelection one word dot org. And do that while you're listening. And we're going to explain to you what's going to happen in November if the election goes forward. Now, God bless them. The, the League of Women Voters of the Salinas Valley and Monterey Peninsula have created an interactive electoral college map for the 2004 presidential election. When we hear these polls that, like Jane was uh, complaining about, that show Kerry with a 46 to 44 percent lead, and by the way, he does have a two percentage point lead across the nation at this point, having gotten a little bit of a boost from John Edwards, that really doesn't mean anything. We don't elect the presidents directly, uh, which I think you know. I think everybody knows that, that uh, has paid any attention in 2000. We elect people by the electors in the Electoral College. It's based on how many senators plus congressmen a given state has. So what you have to do is look at what it means to have a lead in a given state. And if you go to this interactive website, and I hope you're doing that now as we speak or will in a few minutes, you will click on and discover that the interactive map shows you the presidential elections of 92, 96, 2000, and allows you to change the potential votes 
in this upcoming election. It, it's marked out certain states, blue or red, blue for Democrats, red for Republicans, according to what's very likely to happen and states that went landslide for one candidate or the other. And when you, when you do that, you'll see that it's very close. The two men are just neck and neck. But then start manipulating it in the wake of the fact that the polls show that in Washington State, in Minnesota, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, Kerry's got a pretty good lead. Those states are very likely to go blue. Now go to New North Carolina and take it out of the Republican slam dunk category and call it up for grabs because John Edwards is popular in his home state. I mean, he, he, he didn't win by a landslide, but he's bound to run well there. What you'll then see is that once you've made those changes in the states that are remaining, Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Ohio, West Virginia, Tennessee, Florida, considering those 127 electoral votes up for grabs, you see that Kerry is at 256. Keep in mind he needs 270, and Bush is at 155. This, my friends, is the basic reason why I think the... um, Office of Homeland Security is looking at how they might need to postpone the November election. Perhaps a very cynical thing for me to say, but I do think there is something of a link there. So let's uh, let's review that. If you go by the Electoral College, which is how we elect presidents, the way things stand right now, John Kerry has a substantial lead, a 70-vote lead perhaps, perhaps something nearer to a 100-vote lead, and he's within a state or two of having enough. At this point in time, if you're George Bush, you've got to swing Florida again. You've got to swing Ohio to your column. And then you've got to run the table on the rest of the states. West Virginia, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana. And Arkansas, by the way, it's just a dead heat. The two men are running uh, neck and neck. Missouri, Iowa, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Oregon. Well, have some fun with this. Mockelections.org. And when you continue... To, to observe that this state or that state swinging this way, according to polls, go back to that website and see what that means. I used to play a game called Mr. President years back that, that was based on this very idea. The electors, the electoral votes, how many you needed, how you would win, how you would go state by state. If I were going to play Mr. President this year, um, you know, just all politics aside, if I were just going to play the game this year, I would much rather play Kerry than Bush. All right, in our own informal survey of Republicans and and why Bush may be in some trouble, I'm going to um, go now to a longtime Republican I'm familiar with who has been disenchanted with what's been going on of late, my mom. Mom, are you there? Yes, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. I just want to go over your voting record because I think it may have uh, some application to what's likely to happen in November. You, you first voted, I believe, for Eisenhower for president. Yeah, I think that was probably right. And, and you voted Republican. Yeah, I'm a Republican, and I've always voted Republican. In the next 13 elections between Eisenhower and George Bush Sr., you ran the table and voted for the GOP every time. Yeah, I think I did every time. I remember, I remember, I remember asking you about LBJ and Goldwater, and you voted for Goldwater. Right. Okay, but you're not going to this time. No, I'm not going to this time. I'm going to vote for Kerry this time. Well, I think that's telling. Why can't you, uh, in good conscience, vote for George W. Bush? Well, because I think this is an unnecessary war that we're involved in, and I don't think we belong in Iraq. And I think there are a lot of people who are being killed and maimed, and I wonder for what. So I'm kind of disillusioned. 
Well, so are we, and we wonder the same thing. Okay, Mom, that's our unscientific survey for the day, but I appreciate your input. Okay. Also, I wanted to add, too, that, you know, always talk about the terrorists. None of the terrorists involved in the 9-11 were from Iraq. Mom, you're absolutely right. All right, you must be listening to Radio Parallax. No. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Michael Moore's film, Fahrenheit 911, continues to do extremely well at the box office, and I think it's going to get a million young people galvanized to get up and vote. And I think that, you know, even though in California, it takes more Californians to put one electoral vote in either man's column than any other state, because we are very much underrepresented, because every state gets three votes, no matter how small the population, which means... Someone's got to get screwed, and California being the most populous state, we get screwed the most. Nevertheless, we got a lot of electoral votes at stake, uh, and, you know, don't sit home on Election Day. All right, I didn't, I didn't mean to do a whole campaign segment for this, uh, this, first, uh, this first bit of the show, but, you know, I'm on a roll, so I can't stop now. All right, Dateline, Saturday, July 10th. Here's an item you may have missed. Key Bush service record destroyed. Washington, Associated Press, military payroll records that could more fully document President Bush's whereabouts during his service in the Texas Air National Guard were inadvertently destroyed, according to the Pentagon. In a letter responding to a Freedom of Information request by the Associated Press, the Defense Department said microfilm containing the pertinent National Guard payroll records was damaged and could not be salvaged. That's such a darn shame, because I'm sure they would have exonerated the president in his claims that he didn't forsake his National Guard duty. Can we be sure, Governor Ridge, that al-Qaeda operatives did not get into the Pentagon's microfilm? It's an open question. All right, another story. This is off of MSNBC on Monday. Again, this is an AP story. Uh, Boise, Idaho. The Bush administration proposed a new plan Monday to open up national forests to more logging, confirming a draft plan that was published two weeks ago. Under the plan, which Secretary, uh, Agriculture Secretary Ann Veneman announced at the Idaho Capitol, governors would have to permission the federal government to block road building needed for logging in remote areas of national forests. Oh, man, we've, we've talked about this story before. We'll come back to it, you know. You know, I once got a ticket for riding a motorcycle on a, on a road, a logging road up by Yosemite, because the reasoning was if I damaged the logging road, they wouldn't be able to get the logging trucks in to cut down all the trees and remove them. All right, and the Reuters News Service, July 8th, notes again the Bush administration is still packing scientific advisory panels with ideologues and imposing strict controls on researchers who want to share ideas with colleagues in other countries, a group of scientists charged. The Union of Concerned Scientists said once again, they're not giving up, God bless them, that uh, the administration policies could take years to undo. Ron Reagan the, uh, the ex-president's son is going to speak before the Democratic Convention on an issue near and dear to him, stem cell research, which has been uh, corked up by the Bush-Cheney administration. Uh, it's felt by many that this, uh, this research may have applications in Alzheimer's disease, which, which ex-president Reagan did suffer from, and many, many other applications, which are, of course, going to go overseas. The research won't stop. It just won't be done in America because of the wishes of the anti-abortion crowd.
All right, here's one I've sat on since May. The Bush administration's also decided that we have way too many grizzly bears in the lower 48 states. In fact, their numbers are somewhere between 1,200 and 1,400. So they propose taking them off the protected list where they've been listed as threatened since 1975. The National Resources Defense Council is raising objections to this. They're a good group. We're going to have to get, we're going to get them on the show in the future. And if you notice the, the Senate report, which came out to much hoopla on Monday, saying that the CIA is to be cited for, quote, a series of failures, unquote. We've had senators coming forward saying we would have never voted the way we did to go to war in Iraq if we hadn't been given bad data. Well, in answer to trying to pin this on the CIA, please go to www.truthuncovered.com and take a look at Uncovered, the whole truth about the Iraq war. The uh, film done by Robert Greenwald, which uh, contains, among other people, Ambassador Joseph Wilson, who's been on this show. Of course, uh, of course uh, Robert Greenwald talked to us several months ago. And uh, this is basically, it seems to have about half the CIA on, on this particular video com- coming forward to say, let's clear this up. Here's what we said. The administration didn't want to hear it. Okay, go review that video and then see how well these claims that the CIA is to blame for what the administration did in Iraq. It just won't wash. And by the way, this this video came out last year. This is not some last-minute campaign-oriented spin. All right, we're, we're out of time on the first segment, so let's play that clip we, we promised at the top of the hour. Paula Jones talking about the fact that there was a vast right-wing conspiracy out to get Bill Clinton. Well, it turns out we can't, we can't actually put our hands on, on the MP3, but let me just read what was on ABC News' site. Hillary Rodham Clinton famously blamed the scandals on, of, her pres, of her husband's presidency on a vast right-wing conspiracy. Paula Jones told ABC News' primetime Cynthia McFadden, I agree that I was a small little entity in this vast, big, whatever you want to call it, that got erected. It started with me, and they did use me for their own agendas. Well, that's it. Paula was just a bit of a pawn. She also was a pawn that came away with 800 grand for the deal, for her pains. But, uh, you know, she's telling the truth. So for all of our, all of our efforts, uh, we mentioned Paula on the program earlier. Well, we feel we, we just may owe her a bit of an apology. You're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. I'm Douglas Everett, and this is Radio Parallax. There's more to come in our second and third segments, so don't go away.